Welcome to Word Boost. You know what it is when that music drops, and so I don't even have to tell you. But just for anybody who's new, I want you to know that this is a place where I get real about common stumbling blocks women face and share wisdom to help you avoid getting tripped up or trapped in less than God's best. We're still on a mission to get what we're worth all season two, but first, I have to give a shout out to all you ladies listening in honor of International Women's Day that just passed this Monday. You are a force of love, a ray of hope, and an endless wealth of creativity. The world is blessed to behold. So keep walking in your light and sharing the love of God. It is and will always continue to make a difference. Now, in today's episode, I want to expose a very common trap that many women, including myself, have walked right into. I call it the pity pass, and it forms restrictions to prevent healing, true restoration, and actually limit the extent of your influence. So it's definitely something we need to avoid to make sure we're getting the best that God has for us. So I wanna get into this right now. All right, so here's an example of what the pity pass mindset looks like. Have you ever been cool with someone that maybe you witnessed go through a tough moment or a loss? Actually, you could have even been that person, right? That someone witnessed go through a loss, a struggle, or a really embarrassing moment that you just wanted to forget. Well, let me give you an example. I had a friend that I was cool with, her and her husband. I actually knew the husband first, but out of respect, I mean, I don't maintain close friendships with men who are married unless I'm cool with the wife. That's me. It's how I've always been. And so um, that applied in this particular situation with this couple that I was friends with. Um, You know, after they got married, life kind of got busy and my connection with them shifted. But of course, I would see them from time to time. And, you know, it was good to know that they were good. They were together. They were loving each other. And I always wished the best for them. After a few years, though, I ran into the guy at church. And in a short discussion, he told me they had gotten a divorce. Um, You know, it's always sad. It breaks my heart because I love to see people find someone they can really confide and they can live with and just feel like they found that person for them, you know. And so it was a surprise to me. It was sad to hear, but I didn't ask what happened. You know, I wasn't trying to get into any of the details because it didn't feel appropriate. And I know there's always two sides to a story. You know, and whoever tells the story first can sometimes cloud your personal judgment and your outlook. And it's like if you take over, you know, for example, if you take over a leadership role, I've had this happen. The prior leader gives you a rundown of all the people they think are difficult or problematic. It kind of creates a precedent, you know, and I just want to not treat somebody a certain type of way because of what another person said. And so I'm really um, big on trying to avoid that. And so as far as they were concerned, You know, once they took those vows, I was for them collectively. I was for both of them. And I didn't want to get in the issues of like, whose side am I taking kind of thing. And so eventually I started to see her around from time to time after I found out they got divorced. Now she was looking good and it seemed like she had moved forward. You know, she even gotten into another relationship. But when I would run into her, she'd act funny toward me as if I had did something to her. Now, we'd never talked. She never even said she had gotten divorced or anything like that. It was just like, oh, hey, how are you? If I'm not asking, she's not telling. And you know, I wasn't going to ask. I already knew. And I didn't want to get into the details like I just told you. But it almost got to the point that I was offended because she was so weird toward me. I had done nothing to her. I've been nothing but nice, nothing but nice to both of them. And so I prayed on it because I didn't want the offense to settle in and alter my character or make me start acting funny toward her just out of reaction. Now, one day, you know, it came to me 
that it wasn't anything I did to her. I realized the problem was actually what I witnessed happen in her life. She was like, new hair, don't care, trying to move on mode, and, you know, didn't want to be the divorcee. She wanted to reinvent herself without that part of her story. She wanted to bury it because it was unappealing. I mean, come on. Now, that gave me a new perspective and made the interactions I had with her, which were really annoying for a while there, actually less bothersome because I could relate to where she was coming from. You know, and I had to be honest with myself. I've actually had connections centered around a relationship, a project, a job, or even a lifestyle um, that was really, you know, major at a certain point. And then when I made a decision to change my job, my life, or whatever I'm interested in and leave those situations, especially if it was toxic or I just simply outgrew it, a lot of times the connections I associated with those things were also left behind. And I had no interest in anything that reminded me of who I used to be because I was moving on. I was reinventing myself. And so I call this the pity pass. And now I don't think there's anything wrong with outgrowing or saying, hey, I'm going to make a lifestyle change. That's great. And a lot of times, you know, some people need to do it sooner. There's times where I needed to make a lifestyle change sooner. But there is a, a way that you can get tripped up in this and it can turn into a negative, right? With the pity pass, I didn't want anyone to look down on me or have credibility to tell stories from my unappealing past that would undermine my growth. I wanted to reinvent myself. And that's what, you know, my friend was doing. By disposing the story, I think we've all done this to some degree. Like, I'm, I'm going to dispose it, get rid of this part of my story. I don't want to be connected to those people. I'm done. And it seems like the sensible transition, but it's not always the answer. And here's why. Our story, especially the unappealing parts. Oh, God. Like, when you think about that, when I think about that in my own life, you know, it, but it's true. Those are usually the most inspirational in transformational stages that shape us into the person we are on the journey to become. If you leave the witnesses at the part of your story where you're in a low place, desperate, broken, just that, in the pit life kind of phase, that's the narrative they will remember and always associate with your identity and even make that the definition of who you are. Right? We're reinventing ourselves. We know that there's better, there's more. I'm leaving this life behind for whatever reason, right? So, yeah, it seems like that that would make sense. But that's also where you allow yourself to become stuck and stagnant in people's mind. Now, you might be thinking, Anne, I don't care what other people think. But the truth is, we all care. <laughs> we all care. The degree of importance that we put on what other people think is what is the key, right? Making sure that someone else's thoughts about you is never higher or valued more than the thoughts you have about yourself should be the goal. But not denying altogether that you care. I care, right? You know you care. And if you don't, check your pulse, okay? No, I'm kidding. But seriously, This is a place of honesty, and that is the honest truth. But the good thing is that the verse says in the Bible, as you thinketh in your heart, so are you. It doesn't say as 
they think in their heart about you, so are you. And that's why you just can't let the limited or negative thoughts that others have about you get in your heart because that's how they gain access to your life to narrate your story. And it will always be a throwaway, never good or never what you're really worth especially compared to what God wrote about you, right? And so we don't want anybody narrating our story. You don't need that. Now, you guys know that Jesus is my role model. So I always got to bring up a Jesus uh, a Jesus uh, way of handling it. So this is really cool because, you know, Jesus is the bomb. And if you don't believe that, that's okay. I love you. You're here. We're here together. We're a booze, baby. But Jesus cared about what the people during his time thought. He cared enough about what they thought that he made it a mission to teach them how to think better. He wanted to condition their minds to recognize the power and purpose they possessed. And he wanted them to know that he came to deliver good news. So when others tried to deface him, he would confront them to correct the narrative because they were trying to change what other people thought about them. So he was like, nope, I'm going to I'm going to call it out. And he would prevent their words and thoughts about him from taking residence in his heart and even preventing it from allowing those words and lies to take residence in other people's hearts who believed in him. But he cared. He cared about his identity. You know, after he experienced the most traumatic and inhumane methods of dying by being beaten, stripped naked, okay, beaten is already enough, stripped naked, come on, mocked and hung on a cross to die, he could have ascended into power and never showed his face again. I think at that point, I would have drawn the line. That would have been my approach. And we wouldn't be having this word boost right now if, if I was in Jesus' shoes. But he's Jesus for a reason, right? He could have been like, nope, I'm not showing my face again. I'm done. I already did my part. But he did. He showed up in the same places that others witnessed him experience his greatest hours of weakness and despair. I mean, straight up abandoned by all his closest friends, his so-called allies, and the people he gave his life for. If he didn't come back, that would have been the end of his story. You know, Jesus, the beaten, naked, so-called son of God. And yeah, he couldn't save himself. Look at him. That's He was just full of it. Right? That would have been the end of his story in some people's mind. But his story for most people, his story, the narrative that he knew was meant for him, he realized he had to take the authority. He had to control his narrative. And that's what he did by showing up. His showing up gave other people the strength and hope they needed to pursue their own comeback story. And that is what we are meant to do with our lives. So, we can't allow the trap of our pity path, cultivate a mindset that leads us to getting stuck by trying to avoid it, dodge it, or bury it. It's not the end of you or the definition of your story. It's not the end of me or the definition of my story. We have to make it work for our good. We have to make it work for our purpose. Don't throw away good people either because they witness you in a bad situation and you have shame and you're trying to, you know, avoid it versus defeat it. The restored joy, love, creativity, relationships, you know, all that, it shows the work you put in and the favor of God surrounding your life. It's a sign of hope for someone that, you know, they know they need to know there is another side to their pity, their their low place, their feeling broken and just so alone and desolate. There is another side and you can show that hope by showing up. And letting them not only witness the low points, but witness the high points. We are only defined by what we choose not to defeat. 
And when you stand in your healing and your wholeness, unafraid, but resilient, and you say, you know what? Yep, I've been divorced. Yeah, I had kids out of wedlock or I was a former addict, publicly shamed. Yeah, you heard that they were talking about me. Maybe you were a former convict in jail, you know, fired from a job, which you might find to be very embarrassing or grew up in a group home and you feel like you've been a reject all your life. Promiscuous, just out there anywhere with any anybody for whatever reason or homeless. Saying, you know what? Those broken pieces couldn't stop God, couldn't stop me from stepping into transformation in my own life and turning what meant to break me into a masterpiece. You're meant to be a walking glory story and you have a living message to walk out in front of those who believe in you and even those that don't, all right? So if you've been going through a time of silence, you know, maybe feeling like you're not qualified or maybe kind of in a place of hiding because you're waiting for everyone to forget or someone to forget, stop waiting because they're not gonna forget. It's just, it's true. They're not gonna forget It doesn't matter, though, if they forget. The most important thing is that you don't let it make you forget who you are. Stains and all, you have value. Stains and all, you can be used. Stains and all, you can be deemed qualified. And your story can be a a story of hope for someone else. Live out your restoration so loud that the noise of the accusers, all the people who might have doubted you, even the doubts that are even within your own self about you, And that pity pass that's trying to, you know, create a a mindset that is not, you know, that, that wants to keep you in a limited existence can no longer be heard. Live out your restoration loud. Drown every other sound out because the pity pass is a trap and it's not meant for you. It's time to step out of any form of low view of yourself in any form of pit and instead let your life be filled up with purpose so you can start getting what you're worth. Yes, Word Boost fam, thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I hope you're encouraged and just fired up to take what tried to destroy you and use it to propel you. And if you have a glory story, I'd love to hear it. I'm for real. Drop me a DM, a podcast voice message if you fancy, or you can message me at marshallbarwise.com. A win for you, I believe, is a win for us all. So share it and let me know if I can shout you out. I also want to say thank you to everyone who's made a reoccurring donation to the podcast. So cool, so unexpected, but I really appreciate it. I love this Word Boost fam and your gift is just another boost that helps me keep it going and also helps to sow into the ministry to young women and helps me continue to grow that. So thank you so much. And as always, meet me back here next Friday at 5 p.m. Make sure you tell a friend because this season we're all about getting what we're worth and success is better with company. Until next time, I'm Marshall Barwise. Stay safe, healthy, and be blessed.